ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਸੋ ਬਿਫੋਰ ਵੀ ਗੈਟ ਇਨਟੂ ਦ ਜਸਟ ਆਫ ਇਟ ਵੀ ਹੈਵ ਐਕਚੁਅਲੀ ਬੀਨ ਗਿਵਨ ਅ ਸੁਜੈਸ਼ਨ ਸਮ ਐਡਵਾਈਸ ਥੈਟ ਵੀ ਸਟਾਰਟ ਅ ਸੈਗਮੈਂਟ ਕਾਲਡ ਮਸੰਦ ਮੰਡੇਸ ਕਾਲ ਇਟ ਯਰ ਮਸੰਦ ਆਈ ਡੂ ਨਾਟ ਨੋ ਹਾਊ ਵੀ ਵਿਲ ਬੀ ਏਬਲ ਟੂ ਡੂ ਦੈਟ ਵਿਦਆਊਟ ਪਿਸਿੰਗ ਪੀਪਲ ਆਫ ਵੀ ਵਿਲ ਬੀ ਸਵੰਪਡ ਸੋ ਫੋਰ ਨਾਉ ਮਸੰਦ ਇਸ ਮਾਈਟ ਬੀ ਔਨ ਹੋਲਡ well that's a recipe for disaster hmm i'm just drinking my water here as well have you noticed my throat has been clear the past few weeks i thought you cleared off the pakoras well yes i laid off the pakoras second thing in a uh, breaking news down here just obray on twitter has blocked us because let me tell you a little story right these individuals exploited the sentiments around the Kasan Morcha to build up their own little brand name based on Sikh values they were asserting they were supportive of Sikh values ultimately when it came to the crunch he was found justifying alcoholism and consuming alcohol see the problem these people have is that when a monna says we shouldn't drink alcohol they are all glittery flower rainbow farts in their face you know that you're allowed to say it when a sikh says when a singh says or a kaur says amritari says that you know we will not we will not allow alcoholism and that uh, at the end of the day that uh, you should not drink alcohol they suddenly come up with the fanatic label the terrorist label the fundamentalist label the extremist label so really what's the difference between them and the people they allege to be fighting against that the difference is uh, it depends on which side of the bed you got up in the morning hmm hmm i mean just like the other guy who was trying to debate with us on clubhouse if anyone wants to listen to that the recording might be on clubhouse it was based on snatan siki and he was insisting that gurbani is like the sky the mind like the bird like the sky is big so are the interpretations of gurbani but at the end of the day even this individual was saying snatan siki does not exist now the illogical uh aspect of that argument at the end of the day is that why isn't the sky big enough to hold snatan sikhi i simply understand this way we have explanation these are empty words you know, as deep as the sky or the bigger the sky these these are empty words it's mm-hmm. written in punjabi primarily guru granth sahib gurbani is primarily in punjabi those meanings are very very clear 2 plus 2 is always 4 it's not 6 hmm well i mean the thing down here at the end of the day is like you know back in the day when nixon was actually running for a uh, senator the first time he actually uh, was going to enter the senate he had a, a electoral agent uh, not a agent but a campaign strategist called murray shoitner and basically what shoitner uh, said was that you know the problem with the republicans was that the democrats were socializing medicine right they were breeding a sense of entitlement in people at the same time they were disallowing private corporations from offering you know medical uh, aid packages and the issue he put it like uh, he the issue he pointed out he put it in these terms is that you know for example there is an individual named Tom Jones and Tom Jones has a problem so he decides to go to you know the government the socialist medical organizations now what the republicans are doing uh, is that they're standing from the rooftops and shouting out hey that socialist medicine that's bad but what if tom jones has cancer what alternative does he really have what alternatives are the republicans providing 
And that's exactly what the issue down here is that, you know, at the end of the day, if, uh, you know, there are individuals whose perspective is bad, or, you know, like we say that Qurbani only has one, uh, you know, definite meaning, if that perception is bad, then what's the alternative you guys are providing before you actually lambast us with criticism? The truth is what the Babaji says it is. Well, yes, obviously at the end of the day. Now, getting into the gist of it, seeing that we were discussing Gurbani, have you noticed that at the end of the day we have reduced Gurbani Guru Granth Sahib to just a, you know, idol whereas really it is our true leader? Uh, there is truth to the statement that Guru Granth Sahib is, is being currently worshipped like an idol. These instances happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, that does exist. True. So when we are talking about Sikh leadership, we should essentially be starting from, you know, the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib. Well, yeah. That, that's the primary text we have, yeah. Now, here's something interesting that we are running after fake sads, babajis and whatnot to, you know, sort of uh, augment our faith in Sikhi. But at the end of the day, we are not going to the Guru Granth Sahib directly. Now, by Nandalal Ji in his Arhitnama, when he interviewed Guru Gobind Singh Ji, he asked him about how to have, you know, the Guru's darshan. And the Guru told him that, you know, one day he's going to die. You know, Guru Gobind Singh Ji was at peace with the fact that one day he was going to die. The body, the physical attributes which made him Gobind Singh, would you know dissolve into the creation they emerged out of? It would they would be recycled. So what he said was, "Then rupe mahe ke sono nand chetlaala nirgun sargun gur shabad he kahe to he samjai." And basically, what he said is that you know I'll explain to you nandlaal that there are three forms to every individual. There is the nirgun, the intangible, the sargun, the tangible, and then for me, because you know Guru Maharaj was Guru, there is gur shabad. So, Josek Gurdarshan ke chahe darshan kare Granth ji So, you know, if the Sikh wants to, you know, come and have my darshan, at the end of the day, the nirgun, the intangible form, you can't see. The tangible form will be gone. You know, the physical form will be gone one day. The intangible one, you can't see at all. So, if you still want to have my darshan, then why don't you come and, you know, approach the Guru Granth Sahib? Jo mam saath chahe ka baat Granth che pare sunay bachre saath. You know, if you want to talk to me, read the Guru Granth Sahib, and then contemplate and try implementing in your life what its principles are. And that will be like you seeking advice from me and following that advice. Pretty straight and simple. No interpretation there. Yeah, pretty straight and simple. No interpretation there. So when we are running after all these texts, you know, written in the late 18th century, the early 19th century, you know, these few problematic texts we have, we seem to be worshipping them more than, you know, going after our real history. And here Guru Gobind Singh Ji is saying to Pai Nandalal in the Rehetanama that, you know, Pai Saab, if you want to, you know, talk with me, if you want to have my guidance, why don't you approach the Guru Granth Sahib Ji after I'm gone? Uh, well, no comment from me so far. And I think the issue down there is that, you know, Half of the Sikhs today are saying Gurbani Paran Davisha Heni, Gurbani Samjan Davisha Heni, Gurbani Pujan Davisha. You know, we need to worship Gurbani. The other half yeah, is saying that no, we need to comprehend Gurbani. 
Oh, there's no shortage of people who would say that you don't have any sharda. I want to understand it. I don't, I don't want to blindly follow it. I want to understand what my guru is telling me. Now, the first lot are accusing the second lot of being modernists and reducing Gurbani to instruction booklet, while the second lot are accusing the first lot of being, you know, uh, ritualistic and dogmatic and lost and, you know, uh, some semi-Sikh Hindu hybrid. But, you know, the middle ground here is how many of them are living Gurbani? Uh, man, not many. Like a very, a very tiny minority. Now, when Gurbani says vichar, vichar meaning contemplation, it's a two-pronged process. First, you comprehend what you're reading, and then you implement it in your life. Because really, what is Gurbani for? For living life. What is Sikhi for? For living life. I mean, we go around arguing that uh, Guru Nanak said that, uh, you know, that quote, that is attributed to Guru, uh, Guru Nanak falsely that before becoming a Sikh, Hindu, Muslim or Christian, you need to become a human first. I mean, he never said that because the common human is nothing but a beast. But then at the same time, does professing belief in Sikhi make us Sikhs or, do, or does believing in Sikhi and allowing Sikhi to inform our actions make us Sikhs? That's the difference because a lot of times we see people who are on the outward, outward appearance no, and you say, okay, this guy looks, this guy or this woman huh? looks like a Sikh, but from their demeanor, they're not Sikh at all. No, definitely not a Sikh at all, and that's why I'm saying that you know, inspiration and influence can come from a lot of elements. And here, as we see from Pai Nandalal Sarhetanama Guru Gobind Singh, you gave us the Guru Granth Sahib. Now, my belief personally is that. We have Baba Banda Singh Bahadur, we have Nuab Kapoor Singh, we also have Baba Jassa Singh Aluwalia, we have so many leaders in the Panth, Mata Sahib Kaur, etc. <clears throat> they became leaders by implementing the leadership principles to be found in Gurbani in their lives. Right? So the real leadership here is of the Guru Granth Sahib. The physical leader, the human leader, is a medium to exemplify those principles. Hmm. What do you agree? Uh, yeah, 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 I would, I would. I mean, we have all heard of the saying that, uh, you know, army of lions led by a sheep goes to disaster while an army of sheep led by a lion wins. But then at the end of the day, you also need to remember an army of sheep can also suffocate a lion. Right. Both, both, both from New Zealand. If you ever got headbutted by a sheep, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you also need to look at it this way. Today, you know, if those past Sikhs came back and saw today's Sikhs, would they consider us a sheep? Worse than that, at least a sheep's useful. So we are suffocating the Guru Granth Sahib now, aren't we? If you look at it from one, you know, figurative perspective, we are suffocating the message of Guru Granth Sahib. If they come and see that there is a Prakash Guru Granth Sahib in the, in the house and some people are dancing on the DJs at the same time, they'll probably say, okay, these people are not our, our descendants. We made a mistake. Now, you know, Gurbani, Guru Granth Sahib on Anga 650. Now, 
what this means is that you know the guru guru amardas saw the entire world parna gurna sansar ke kar you know people are reading people are people are memorizing people are debating on what they read and this is what the world is doing today but within this what guru amardas is saying these activities are only increasing the world's you know dissatisfaction humanity's dissatisfaction with itself so you know if i read a book you read a book and we are boy fagging i mean we are reaching nowhere what are we doing you know if you don't live by the philosophy we are arguing for then what could it what good is it to anyone home with supper thake dujhe pa ek baar now there are two things which happens when a person gets right to the end of this you know you can say pseudo intellectual journey they become even more dissatisfied you see it with many intellectuals who just give up hope for life you know you've heard of, like i'm sure you've heard of countless intellectuals who just kill themselves at the end the the rate of mental illness and suicide of people who are let's say above average intelligence is higher right so that's proven and then to jepa ekwar the others are on the same journey they're also forfeiting their internal passion okay uh, let me give you an example it might, might not be the best, best example it could be a very bad example i, th- I think that that should be enough to put the point forward okay yep ted kazinski yep he wrote the manifesto blah 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 everything he i, I, I think I, i forgot how many total people he killed while bombing bombing and stuff yeah yep in the court he was convinced to let's say plead guilty that if you don't if you yourself don't uh, have faith in your own beliefs who else will a single mm. argument or oh, i think when he was in school his iq was like above 160 or something yep so this is it he said these are your own beliefs these are your own beliefs you don't believe in them who else will i mean if i and remember he correctly pleaded guilty yep. if i remember correctly i mean i don't know if i remember correctly or not but uh most of the 20th centuries and even before's greatest uh, writers have actually killed themselves haven't they quite a lot have actually died uh i don't know about many of them but uh, uh, this 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 thing is heard this phenomenon is heard that life for people who are very intelligent is tough mm mm-hmm. I mean if I remember let's see Sylvia Plath she killed herself uh Ernest Hemingway he killed himself Virginia Woolf she killed herself uh, yeah Sylvia Plath killed herself Hunter Thompson he killed himself De Nerville killed himself I mean you have all these great intellectuals and writers who we say actually you know influenced us up till today and they have killed themselves i mean okay guru dat he killed himself remember uh the bollywood actor oh no i was a personality yeah, from fa- bollywood yeah the father of uh, you know indian cinema at the time i mean yeah. kio mishima he killed himself i mean so many of these intellectuals just lose hope and kill themselves because really the thing is you need to have some sort of a passion some sort of a hope and that only comes from you know practical living now what guru amardas here is saying you know the next part so pare so pandit bina gur shabd kare vichar you know he's saying to the pandits to the religious scholars uh, that's also including muslims as well 
he's basically telling them that, look, because, I mean, in Sikhi, a pandit has two definitions. There's the, you know, conventional Hindu pandit who the gurus criticized. And then there's another pandit, which is, a med, uh, you know, another uh, way of saying learned man. And he's saying to all these learned individuals, academics, intellectuals, if the shoe fits, wear it. Really what he's saying is that, you know, only that individual is the true intellectual who, you know, and this is actually for Sikh specifically, what the Guru says, what the truth is, the words of truth, they, you know, contemplate, they muse, they think about those words, and then they actually, you know, live their lives by it. They implement them in their lives. Only then can you be called an intellectual. I mean, End of the day, if you look at the revolutionary you know, intellectuals, we had uh, Thomas Paine, even George Washington can be counted among them. Uh, you know, you have so many of them like Albert Camus. Those individuals lived by what they, you know, swore by. What they believed in, they lived by those, you know, philosophies. And at the end of the day, that's actually what made them so, you know, prominent that we remember them even today. But when you have society today, which is actually beginning to lose itself, you know, with society which is dissatisfied with itself, which is, you know, becoming decadent, which is decaying, such a society often pushes these individuals out because today society does not want to live, right? It's pushing its own boundaries, questioning its very existence, and nothing good can come out of that. I mean, yeah, sure, you, you know, question what is the purpose of society? What is the meaning of life? Yeah, sure, these are questions which we all ask. But if you're actually going to become fatalistic about them, then what good are you, you know, doing in this world? You're the same, dead or alive. You're all right, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's just something I've been thinking about for a long time. And then... If you look at it on the Sikh perspective down here, see, I'm not sure about how many other philosophies, how many leaders they have produced. But what I do know is that if you look at it from another perspective down here in Sikhi, right, how many leaders did Guru Gobind Singh you prepare in his lifetime? I'll take, I'll take quite a few. And a lot of them were actually, let's say, they died in battle. I mean, the gurus throughout their lifetime, from Guru Nanak onwards, produced significant Sikh leaders, you know. And after the gurus, we had, you know, after the Baba Bandha Singh Bhadra period, because after Baba Bandha Singh Bhadra, Nwab Kapoor Singh is the, you know, leader of significance, he is the first Sikh leader who did not see Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Yeah, yeah. And this was a regret which... Uh, he carried with him for the rest of his life. But for him to emerge as a leader, now, you need to think down here now, all these Shabbats we have been discussing and thinking about, the light we see them in is the Babaji type light, you know, someone with a sad face sitting up there and, uh, you know, saying that, you know, we need to renounce this world, etc., etc. Now, let's just put that aside. And... Just listen to the Shabbat. It is found on Anga 275. Right. Now, in today's light, people are going to take this to mean renunciation. Imagine, though, if you're a leader who's opposed to Sikhs or you're a statesman, and when you listen to the Shabbat, you know what the first thought will run across your mind? Tell me. It is dangerous. Because if the Guru Granth Sahib is saying that the perfect man is someone for whom pain and pleasure is the same, then you can't threaten that 
individual through fear. You can't, you know, threaten them through the fear of pain, but nor can you bribe them through the pleasure of luxury. Sam, dam, dandapet. Yep. And if someone's so incorruptible, you know, of course you're going to try getting rid of them. So obviously you can understand why Jaspatarai, Lakhpatarai were so desperate to destroy the Guru Granth Sahib. Why even today there are forces who want to destroy the Guru Granth Sahib or corrupt it. Because essentially, if you look at Sikhi, if you look at Baba Banda Singh Bhadra as the you know, Sikh leader, the primary Sikh leader in the post-Guru era, for him it was all the same. And at the end, even though his own Sikhs betrayed him, he never conceded any ground. They didn't. Right? Now, all this processing, I mean, there are so many Shabads like this. I mean, when we read these Shabads, for some reason, we always sort of think that the Guru was sitting there with a sad face writing these Shabads with an otherworldly perspective. But these Shabads are here for today. Now, imagine how perfect that leader would be who is incorruptible. That doesn't mean they won't make mistakes, but still, think about it. So really, at the end of the day, essentially, if we want to produce Sikh leaders, great Sikh leaders, we want to produce visionary Sikh statesmen, we need to understand the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib. This statement of yours might kill the careers of probably a few hundred Babas and you know, Pracharaks. <laughs> I mean... You need to think about it that back in the day, you know, okay, after Banda Singh, Baba Banda Singh fell, most of these Sikhs who actually became martyrs or, you know, significant commanders, most of them like Sham Singh and, uh, you know, uh, Gulab Singh, many of them had only minimal interaction with Sikh Sangats, right? And many of them probably did not read the entire Guru Granth Sahib through their lifetimes, probably only listened to a few readings and they did their Nithanim every morning. But what was it in their understanding of Gurbani that it produced such significant, you know, warriors and leaders who, you know, a minority Sikh qom, less than half a million, started ruling over the Punjab? Well, yeah, yep, you need to. That's a separate topic of understanding. What was it in Gurbani and their understanding of Gurbani of Guru Granth Sahib that, you know, if one died, another was born, one died, another took their place. And that too, at the time when we were actively hunted. When we were actively hunted. And I think... When we were being actively hunted, yeah. yeah. And I think the thing they understood was, you know, when people say today, ek yonkar, they mean ek. And for them, that has transformed into saying there is no such thing as a Sikh identity, that we bend over backwards for every other woke liberal which comes our way. Right, We have no dignity or pride or integrity in our own essence, in our own identity, in our own institutes. Mm. Okay, uh, that reminds me of something. Yep. A person once said to me, well, not too long ago, that was just before the quarantine and everything, that throughout the year, you wear different clothes depending on the season or the climate. Mm. And I say, yeah, agree. And I say, people change. And their approach to life changes. I say, yeah, yeah, these things are all true. So you can't say that, that everything is set solid. Mm. 
that was his his let's say his justification to let's say dilute Sikhi. Obviously, and nothing obviously. is solid. Obviously, now you got to think it like this. Now, today, Ekyonkar has probably a hundred different meanings. Ask whoever you want, they will give a different meaning for Ekyonkar. Some of them have this atrocity of Ekyonkar going on nowadays. But the thing is, we understand Ekyonkar for some reason to be one god, one creative spirit, one deity, etc. They probably understood Ekyonkar to mean one reality, and then they operated in the framework of that one reality. I think we talked about this earlier. Yep. The, for us, the, for us, the nature of discourse back in those yep. days. Yep. For us, there is no reality. I mean, what we are seeing today is that there is no reality. This is not reality. The reality is somewhere else. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if reality is somewhere else, whatever you do in this world doesn't matter, and that runs quite contrary antithetical to Gurbani. And if you look at the post-structuralist argument, you know, at the end of the day, then, you know, essentially what they're saying is that Gurbani is a byproduct of its time because if good and bad don't have any, you know, set authentic original meanings, then, you know, how can Gurbani validate those? And that's when you have to say that Sikhi is not post-structuralist. If, if you say that this entire, this, this term post-structuralist if you support that, then you're opening the door to, to other people, let's say, appropriating Gurbani, appropriating Sikh history and everything. Yep, yep. And it's happened before. That's, it's happened before. That's a, that's a very basic observation. I mean, today the biggest question people are asking is why are Sikhs not able to produce visionary leaders today? Well, they have vision, but uh, that vision is myopic. That's the thing, because we have forgotten the true leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib. We have forgotten how to understand its verses. We have forgotten how to implement those verses in our lives. We have forgotten how to live Nipponim. It's not even that. I, I think that most people just don't even follow Guru Granth Sahib. Or the most no, Sikhs, I, mean, I would say. I mean... What's funny to me, what I find humorous is people go down there and, you know, pray in front of Guru Granth Sahib that, you know, I want this, I have the absence of this, I need that, or I have this, but I want its absence. You know, we're praying for absence slash, uh, slash an absence. Whereas Gurbani is telling us to live a life of liberty, you know, mental liberty and physical liberty. You see where the clash is? Yeah, there is. So when we're standing down there, isn't that hypocrisy? Man, you're asking hard questions today. <laughs> yeah, it is hypocrisy. Yeah, we always ask hard questions. As we should. As everybody yep. should. Maybe that's why Just Oberoi blocked us. Nah, man. He blocked you because, uh, you know, maybe we have got weird accents or something. <laughs> He's like, damn it, they don't spot alcoholism. Let's block them. Cancel culture 101. How dare you be different from me? The reality is that our society does not have that hunger for the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib. I think I mean, complacency has, has seeped in. 
I mean, what we have is this myth that the tenth Guru gave his joth to Guru Granth Sahib. That's why we hold it sacred. The reality is that the Guru told the Sangats during his final address that what made me Guru is within the Guru Granth Sahib, within the Granthaji. And think about it, if Guru Gobind Singh Ji is able to produce such great leaders, if Guru Nanak is able to produce a leader like Guru Gobind Singh Ji, if the Gurbani of Guru Nanak is able to produce Guru Gobind Singh Ji, then why can't the Guru Granth Sahib today, that same Gurbani, produce leaders among us who are... Who, Obviously, they will not be like Guru Gobind Singh Ji, but at least they will be able to confirm to the standards he set for us, he established for the Khalsa. Which father in the world would be unhappy if his children are successful? That's right. And the thing is, we need to understand down here that the way we understand Gurbani today is very different to how it used to be historically. And I'm sure you will agree, even our language has had subtle alterations. Uh, can you give an example? Well, I mean, back in the day, okay, let's look at it this way. If someone was to say, I mean, uh, have you heard about Telis? Uh, the community? Yes. Okay. How many of them, how many Telis today know how, you know, what the implements, you know, why they got their name? Well, they might know because the, the word Tel exists. So maybe they're not in the profession anymore. Teli was actually the implement, the instrument they used to use. Not many of them know this. No, not many of them. And uh, it's the same. How many Ramgariyas will know where the name Ramgar comes from? But nobody knows. Every one of them uh, will uh, have to use the word. Every Tarkhan is a Ramgariya. I don't know how, how they became that. I don't understand this. The thing is that that language has had subtle, you know, alterations over time. So back then, if someone was to say, you know, Charan Kamal Ki Moj back during those days, People probably understood that it means that they're actually, you know, in mental equipoise. Their, you know, pain and pleasure is the same for them. Say Charan Kamalki Moj today, and people think that they have to go sit in a Babaji's feet or that Vaheguru has some feet himself. <laughs> it's, it's funny and tragic at the same time. And if we, are to, if we are able to restore those original pristine definitions of Gurbani, and it can be done, Gurbani has the key within it itself. If we can restore those, then, you know, all these, you know, laughing, uh, ludicrous stories we have that my Babaji went to such country and he played Gatka with the Saib Jadas, I mean, those stories wouldn't stand for two seconds. Well, I think we did a, did a, uh, did a, did a forgotten the date, the podcast, or it's thought crimes. You've got a dare to ask questions. Now, if you look at it, here's another aspect of the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib. The leader produced by the Guru Granth Sahib is free from all fear, supernatural, etc. And now, many descriptions of heaven, Baikonta, and whatever you want to call it, has this uh, little uh, tale attached to it that there is a very big gate outside heaven. We'll call it heaven for now. And this gate is massive because, well, this is God's gate, right? Uh, okay. 
So God went to some godly Walmart and brought this gate and installed it. It's a big gate and we can't do much about it. And the Shabbat used to uh, justify this from Gurbani's from the Japji side, but what Guru Nanak is essentially asking in the Shabbat is that which gate is God's gate? Hmm. He's asking, tell me, out of all these gates you have and all these religions, which gate is actually God's gate? Which gate actually leads to Vaheguru? Which gate leads to the truth? Tell me for once. And basically, the Shabbat is refuting the premise of heaven being a physical place, a tangible place which we can go to. I mean, if there are Baba sitting up there saying they got such kinds from, you know, uh, uh, they got some from such kind. Then, well, tomorrow I can do the same and say I got a bakra from such kind. Well, I'll probably ask for a Harley Davidson. You know, and we will be bringing all the stuff down which doesn't exist in reality. And that's essentially what Guru Nanak is asking that, you know, there is no physical place. Why are you thinking in the framework of physicality when you're saying that, you know, Vaheguru is about physicality? You know, think about it. We are saying the human cognition is limited to, you know, the five senses. And then we're saying that, you know, Sachkhand has a gate. You know, think about it. Well, it may be metaphorical, but some people believe it that that thing physically exists. And that's where essentially what I'm trying to get at here is that we need to start understanding Gurbani. The day we understand Gurbani, leaders will arise among us. Leaders will arise among us the day we start living Gurbani. I mean, Panch Parvan, Panch Pardhan, Panche Bhavidargeman. You know, Panch comes from Parpanchta and it isn't Panje. As the justification is given, you know, I hear many of these Babas on the stage, these Pracharics, and they say Guru Gobind Singh Ji chose uh, five Sikhs because, you know, Baba Nanak word Panch Parvan, Panch Pardhan. But really, Panch are those who are drawn from Parpanchta, and Parpanchta means this world, right? From society. And these punch, punch means a light down here, not even a light in the sense that, you know, they're more higher than us, but a light that they are more deserving in the eyes of Vaheguru for leadership among us. That they They sit in Tarmkand, in this world, and here they implement the truth in their lives and lead truthful lives, which make them worthy of being a leader. They aren't elected. They aren't elected because there are many Shabbats in Gurbani which speak to the blindness of the masses. And you need to understand that that's why from Gurbani, these principles of Gurbani, that's why the missiles always preferred. Khalsa leadership, the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib, when you're choosing a physical leader, it has always been a question of selection rather than election. Well, Election is basically a popularity contest, isn't it? Yes. Now that, there is a that reminds that, me of a yeah. that, that reminds me of a like it's like a meme that there was like a, let's say a small competition to make a drawing of a dog. Yep. And the winner was going to be selected on basis of how many likes it got, got on Facebook. No, and I think it was. An infant who made like a very bad sketch of a dog. It looked more like a cat or something. And that <laughs> that sketch won. That's that's election. 
that's election. And now the thing is that Guru Granth Sahib also decries election day. And here this is where it is. It is on Angad 1288 of Gurbani. And what it says is, the this is the translation, the beggar is called emperor and the fool a wise scholar. The blind are made seers. This is how the masses bear witness. The instigator is made leader and the fraud on it are highly. Nanak, the Gurmukhs know that in this so-called dark age, such as justice. So the Pancha wants to have realized the truth, but then the fact is because they've realized the truth, they're marked men. So they have to fight for supreme supremacy. They have to fight for dominance. They have to fight for ascendance. And these are the individuals which Gurbani says are worthy of being our leaders because they're exemplifying the leadership of the Guru Granth Sahib, both in principle and, and in practical. But yes, unfortunately, we have lost all this gyan which we had. If we become, let's say, leadership material, you and I, every other Sikh, become leadership material, who will be at loss here? Well, for one, it will be the Babi. That's one. Number two, the let's say the current ruling class of whichever country you reside, you live in. Yes, because they will have to con they will have to concede ground. Yep. Then it might might have financial implications. It might have social implications. The society might even change, maybe on a micro level, maybe maybe on a macro in the long term. So there are vested interests to keep us, let's say, mum. That's why I say, like, this is what I heard a long time ago from a Pracharik, that the Guru Granth Sahib is the most dangerous scripture in the world. Hmm. Yep. Morde and Gurbani are conformists who confirm to societal expectations, you know, worldly expectations, who are lost in the illusion of, you know, obsession. The jinde, the live ones, are those whose conscience is awake. And who chart their own path in life. So when they say that Guru Granth Sahib Mordiya Jabi Janpad and that makes the dead come to life, that's what they mean. I thought the people who have died, they come back to life. <laughs> well, I mean, that depends on uh, Babaji and how many times they've touched the gates of heaven. Oh, that they probably have, a, let's say, a one-way personal highway. And I mean, the thing is here at the end of the day, which I've always emphasized repeatedly to the listeners and our readers as well, our followers, whoever they might be and whatever they consider themselves, read the Guru Granth Sahib and live the Guru Granth Sahib rather than, you know, solely rely on uh, this charade they have of Prema Pagati. You know, if someone is living the principles of Gurbani in their life, Agla Guru Kar Jake Matha Tekta Fabda. If we live those principles and we bow to Guru Granth Sahib, we're bowing authentically. We're bowing out of a deep-seated reverence that this is the change you have brought in my life. You will make me go down in history. People will look up to me, but it's not my victory. It's your victory because you're giving me the fundamentals and the principles which have transformed me, a common human, a common beast, into a Sikh, a true mortal, a true human. 
a true immortal as well. Because after my mortal remains are gone, I'll live on doing seva through memory. But if we don't live by those principles, the ke matha tekna, you know, that give me this, give me that, then, you know, what use is it for you to go to the Gurdwara in the first place? Langar. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, but I hear that's for the Middle East nowadays. No, 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 no. Where my, let's say, quote-unquote sponsor tells me to go, I'll go. I actually skip Langar. It's largely the same for me these days. Yep, I basically tell them that I'm not needy, so please give it to the needy, and not if needy, give it to someone else as well. Sardapana. No. Yeah, and now we'll be stamped as something. Oh, no, okay, we are comrades now. <laughs> End of the day, down here, this is all we can emphasize repeatedly, is that the leadership of the Guru Kansab is necessary in these times. Once that leadership comes out, you know, then people will understand why we treat the Guru Granth Sahib with such respect. Because obviously the medium for exemplifying Gurbani, executing Gurbani's directives are us, the Sikhs who follow it. And would that also answer the question that why so many, let's say, other Granths have been composed parallel to Granth Sahib? Yep, that, that answer is, answers it. If they couldn't destroy it, they couldn't corrupt it then of course they had to install parallel grants to it which have a contrary message. Contrary is a soft word using there. Yeah, Pambalpusa, how about that? Mm, well, we can't use that language here, so the exact words we can't use, so Pambalpusa could be, let's say, a little bit relevant here. It's not on the target, but it's accurate. Hmm. And unfortunately, that's reality. But like we say, maybe someone listening to this will start going to the Gurdwara and live in Gurbani. That's all for today. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa. Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh.